Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Swing, fly ball center. Myers on his horse. Going back. Back ball. It's gone. Three runs. Nolan Gorman going deep. Chip Carey on the call. Home run call of the day. There you go. Thank you, FanDuel, for sponsoring, powering, joining, all of the above. We are so much appreciate you being part of our family. Also, big news. We have a new fastest pitch of the year, Yohan Duran. He eclipsed his old fastest pitch of the year, 104.8 miles per hour. I know that everybody waking up would want to hear that that you are waking up to a new fastest pitch of the year. You're also waking up to a trade. Yeah, we finally have a trade. Shintaro Fujinami. He's going from the Oakland A's to the Baltimore Orioles. And it's a really, really intriguing one in the sense that this is a guy who was a failed starter to begin the year, but has electric stuff and has been pretty good out of the bullpen. And he is uh, a guy who is joining a team, get ready for it, that is in first place. The Orioles are in first place. And as we tweeted on the at BB isn't boring, baseball isn't boring Twitter account, what a day for them. The Orioles land in first place. And their number one overall prospect, Jackson Holiday, all he does, 19 years old, goes up to double A, and goes eight for his first 16. I think he went one for four after that last night, but that's okay. What a time to be alive if you're Orioles. You're trading for people. You're in first place. You have the number one prospect in baseball who's doing exactly what everyone hoped he would when he found double A. What a time to be alive for the Orioles. Well, what a time to be alive for this podcast. We've had a great week so far. Uh, everyone should go back and listen to yesterday's podcast once again. Got a lot of buzz. Matt Strom talking about a lot of different things, but particularly about the baseballs, Major League Baseballs, 
the problem with the Major League Baseballs. I hadn't heard a ton about it. I hadn't heard about a ton about it before this year. But as we said in the podcast, everyone's sort of distracted by the rules. They Evidently, there's a problem with the baseballs, at least that's according to Strom, who would know a lot more than I would. All right, so go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, go back and listen to all the podcasts of the week. Subscribe, rate, review. Listen at BB isn't boring, as we said, on socials, Twitter, Instagram. Producer Evan doing an outstanding job across the board, helping building those along with a bunch of other stuff. And another reason to listen is because it's trade season. It's trade season. <laughs> all right. It's trade season. It's trade deadline is less than two weeks away. It's kind of a whoa. We're getting a week and a half away now, right? We had a, the the Orioles trade. Maybe that'll kick things off. We looked at it. We sort of the history will guide you. Suggest that around the twenty seventh is when things really start heating up when it comes to trade deadline. And just a programming note. We got some GMs coming up on the on the podcast in the coming days, so I just want to give you a heads up about that. But today, we're helping the GMs. We're doing their work for them. Gordo, our guy Gordo, jumps aboard. It's time for some who says no trades. We are giving the trades that need to be done, and you're welcome, GMs. The, the trades today that Gordo gives us, and he's really, really good at this, as is the other who says no guys, and we're going to keep these coming as well. The trades, well, we had heard, I believe, from John Heyman that Houston Astros really, 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 really want Dylan Cease from the White Sox. And we've already done a Dylan Cease who says no, but that doesn't mean we can't do another one. When we hear, when we get the bat signal that a team really wants a guy, we're going to find a way for them to get that guy. So the Houston Astros and the who says no, get Dylan Cease, what will Gordo give up to get him? Who else will be part of the deal? It is a wild trade, but it's a good one. Also, a rare three-way trade on the Who Says No podcast. Gordo comes out of the gate. Brewers, Red Sox, and who's the third team? Brewers, Red Sox, and Pirates. That's right. Brewers, Red Sox, and Pirates. Three-way trade. Oh, man. Pick through those. All right. They're too good. It's too good. Who says those? Uh, appreciate everybody listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing. Want to keep them coming probably multiple times a day. And, um, yeah, like you said, yay baseball. Another great day. Another great day to be alive as a baseball fan. Here you go. Let me ask you this question. Who says no? All right. Things are happening. The Orioles are in first place. Um, the Phillies are a potentially a, a playoff team. Or not even potentially. Right now, they would be a playoff team. All these feel-good stories are, are going the other way. So sad. Come on, feel-good stories. Come on back. Come on back to us, Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami. Come back. Pittsburgh. Pitts, uh, well, <laughs> I think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's <laughs> done. Yeah, it's poor one out for Pittsburgh. Um, but... But that means all of this means is that we keep marching on and we keep um, it, it means that things are getting spicier than ever because teams have to define themselves one way or the other. Less than two weeks before the trade deadline, we are here to help the general managers across the landscape of baseball 
to make good trades. I think, Gordo, we have done that to this point, right? Correct? This is what we do here, Rob. This is what we do. I mean, really, there hasn't been better trade proposals, I think, in the, in the entire world of the intrawebs. So um, we're going to keep that going. It's, it's, it's fake trade time. It's who says no time. And there's no better person. Gordo, you've been on fire with this stuff. You feel like you are, you feel like you're in the zone with your fake trades. I feel like if there's an expansion team, I might be the leading candidate oh. for president of baseball operations there. Am, am I might go into Vegas, Nashville, not Vegas. I'll take the A's. I'll go to oh. Nashville. Oh, I'll I tell you, I tell you what. How awesome would it be to do the? You know, we've been doing the who says no trades um, for a while, the fake trades. But how awesome would it be? to have an expansion draft where we could basically do a mock expansion draft. How fun would that would be so fun. You know, Rob, I've, I've thought about it a bunch of times. How as a 26 year old, I've never seen a baseball expansion draft. Like, I don't remember. I don't remember how anything happened with like the Marlins, the Rockies, the Rays, any of that. So I would be super interesting. We could, there would content galore oh. the day they do expansion. And, and you be, go back and look at those drafts the different ways they did it. I believe like the Rockies and Marlins did completely different way, completely different strategies where you get the old guys compared to the young guys and whatever, man, but it would be great. Well, maybe we should just, you know what we should do? We should just do a expansion draft with like no team. Like we should make up a city and, and say, okay, congratulations, breaking news. You have a new major league baseball franchise Here's your expansion. That would be kind of fun. Take yeah, a lot of time. It, yeah, no, I, th- I think if you'd, you'd hand it, each person gets like five teams and you you have to decide which players are protected. And then I guess like two other parties can be the expansion teams and just draft from the available players until you get a roster. Yeah, well, I think so. I think I'm, we're we're workshopping this, which is awesome to listen to. But I think that you, but you, like you said, I think you take two, you take a couple people, and you make them the people who are going to define what guys are available. So they're the ones because you don't want to overload the people who are doing the drafts. So you want to say these are the people we're going to pick. Like you said, these are the people who are going to be available. We're picking them out. Here's the pool. Then you pass them off to the people who are drafting. I feel like it's an exhaustive process. We don't want to wear people down. But uh, with the first pick, uh, Connor Seabold of the Colorado Rockies. There you go. So Easy choice. Easy choice. Um, all right, let's do it. You got a couple of trades. People are buzzing. Who would I see uh, on Twitter? Uh, Gary Sheffield Jr. Gary Sheffield Jr. is He responded to the Shohei Atani trade. That, who was that? Was that Pat or you? That one was Pat. Did he respond? Oh. I saw you guys uh, posted the reply. Said, I didn't see that he responded. What do you think? Uh, he just he had, he'd asked for Otani trades, and I think producer Evan had put out the the card he did, which was uh, I thought it was a good trade for for Otani. Uh, who was yeah, it? Me it was too. it was um, Bryce Miller. Yeah, Bryce Bryce Miller was the main piece, but he had a couple right. other right. good dudes on there. Yeah, so you had uh, so anyway, uh, Gary Sheffield Jr. thought it was a hefty pet price. That's what he said. Well, you know, I, I don't think so, but you know, let let the Otani conversations continue, which they will, and they have all week long on this podcast. All right, what do you got? What do you got? First trade. This is changing uh, changing franchises and changing attitudes and defining teams and making playoff runs possible. There you go. Let's go. 
Fake trade. Fake, yeah, fake trade one. It, it's tough. It's tough because we're talking about stories and we're talking about the Orioles taking over first place. But last week I did a trade for the Orioles. So I didn't do that this time, even though I think the Orioles would be a candidate to trade for this guy. Okay. So John Heyman, John Heyman went on MLB network over the last couple of days. I don't know when he did it, but he said that the, what that the, uh, that the Astros white whale, the guys they, the guy they really want is Dylan Cease. Yes. So yes. We're, we're working Dylan Cease to the Astros. Oh, a second Dylan hard. Cease, a second Dylan Cease who says no. Yeah, it had to happen because Dylan, they should trade Dylan Cease. The White Sox should should trade him. But it's tough with the Astros. This, this is a team who, according to MLB Pipeline, right now has one top 100 prospect. So, yeah, it had to get a little bit creative here. All right. So we're working with some money. We're working with some big league talent going back. Okay. So let's 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 break it down here. We've got going to the Astros, Dylan Cease, Yoan Moncada, who next year has, I believe, a twenty-four million dollar one year, twenty-four million dollars left, and then Ooh. a team option with a five million dollar buyout. Ooh. It's a negative asset. They're yeah. taking it on. Yeah. So you got Dylan Cease, Moncada, and Tim Anderson coming oh. back to the White Sox. We've got Drew Gilbert, who's the only top hundred prospect they have. MLB Pipeline has him in the 70s. So you got him. You got World Series MVP Jeremy Pena. Oh. And probable bust Forrest Whitley. Jeremy Pena, it sounds scary. It sounds scary when you talk about it, but he has had quite the bad year both on both sides of the ball, too. I was shocked to look at the, at the defense. So, so wait. So let me just stop you right there. The way that you're phrasing it. So the, if you took – if you – siphon through what you just said in terms of what the Astros are giving up. You're giving up a, a top hundred guy, but he's not like really a top hundred guy. He's not like a, a, right. a, a top of the line, top hundred guy. So you, you don't really know what he's going to be. You give it up. Um, who was that? You said uh, besides Pena. Forrest Whitley. Forrest Whitley, which you said, eh. Probable bust. This probable, is just to make Jerry Reinsdorf right, feel good about right, it. Right, probable bust. And then you said Jeremy Penny, which everyone's like, oh, you can't trade him. But then you're like, oh, no, no, he's having a sneaky bad year. So, okay. I mean, immediately my instincts are telling me who says no. Well, it's the it's the White Sox. So but you're, the, but you're okay. I, I'll give, I, you, I'll give you some reasoning here. All right. So why don't, why don't we start with the White Sox? So Jeremy Pena is the literal defending World Series MVP. So let's start there. This is a guy who last year was elite on the defensive side of the ball. And we saw in the postseason everything he could do with the bat. Like this guy has all the talent in the world. And, you know, if you're the White Sox making this trade, you're hoping to chalk it up to, you know, World Series slash World Series MVP hangover and a sophomore slump kind of meshing together for the perfect storm of just a tough season. Uh, You're hoping he bounces back and you got four years of control after this year to make that happen. Um, with Gilbert, he, he crushed high A and he struggled in double A this year, but that kind of follows the same pattern he did last year. He struggled in low A or sorry, he killed low A and then he struggled in high A before coming back this year and, and demolishing high A. So, I mean, he's about as good of a prospect as Houston can offer. Uh, and then from the White Sox perspective, there's a lot of financial incentive here. Like Yoan Mankata, you've got the remainder, the remainder of this year, 17 million on his deal. You've got $24 million next year. And then assuming you're not going to pick up his $25 million option for 2025, there's a $5 million buyout. So there's a bunch of money saved there. 
And then Tim Anderson's making 12 and a half this year. You'll offload whatever's left of that, depending on when you make the trade. And then he's got a million dollar buyout. So similar to how the Dodgers were able to lessen the haul they had to give up for Mookie Betts by taking David Price. It's the same thing here with Mankata and Anderson. Because Tim Anderson has, I don't know where he ranks right now, but it was a bottom three OPS in baseball as of a couple of days ago. Yeah, no, and he's making money. And he can't feel the ball. Um, right. But uh, all right, you, you've talked me into it much more than the initial uh, wave of uh, overreaction. So I, I kind of like that. And I, I like that because immediately when I finished my statement, the Mankata thing came to mind. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's it. You know, the Mankata money is a crazy contract. He can't stay healthy. He can't be productive ever since he signed the contract. It is what it is. Now, and for Houston, it's, you know, I think you get your guy in Cease. Uh, Anderson is what he is. I mean, maybe it's a it's a new start. Who knows? But Mankata is a worthwhile guy. And, by the way, and, 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 what team is he going to? Who's on that team? Jose Abreu. Boom. That's his guy. That's his guy. Former teammates, both both Cubans, yep. like they're yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, go just ahead. Just from the Astros' perspective, too, and you've got McCullers, Garcia, Urquidy all down. This is a team who is, despite a lot of injuries and a lot of adversity, they've remained right in contention. They're in a playoff spot. You put a guy like Dylan Cease on that team, that could take you to new heights. And I know it'd be it'd be tough to swallow losing Pena, but you got a guy to fill in, and hopefully, you know. Tim Anderson, you know, also obviously a former teammate of Jose Abreu's, and we've seen what he can do in the past. So you hope that, if, that you know, a new organization can be a fresh start. I think a lot of factors could play into that. I, I think Tim Anderson, if he's traded, you could see that regardless of it being the Astros who have done this with tons of guys. Mm. But, yeah, I, I it's it's for Cease. That, that's play, what who, it's for Dylan Cease. Who played shortstop for the Astros? Today or if they made the trade? No, no. If they make the trade, if, probably Tim Anderson. Yeah. Well, that's it's I not mean, the best. It's yeah, not the best. But yeah. they've got a uh, they've got Dubon who's who can play all over the place. So if Anderson's struggling, you play him, and you know but, Mankata can play second base. He if, if Altuve. I do out. think I do think that you mentioned Pena. You really have to evaluate what you have there if you're the Astros because. If if you think this is going to be the norm, which right now is OPS is under 700, right? And so obviously batting average is great. So he's offensively he's not having a good year for what we expected. But you are you do have that World Series stink on you still. So before it gets completely washed off, you you might want to make that move. I'm talking yeah. myself into it. It's just it's it, and not even. I didn't want to include Jeremy Pena in this deal. Like that wasn't that wasn't the intention. It's just when you're if you're the Astros and you want Dylan Cease, like you're pretty much looking at Jeremy Pena or Hunter Brown. Like one of them is going to have to go. And right. I figure what's what's the point of dealing Hunter Brown for Dylan Cease? You're still going to be stuck with with a back end of the rotation that you're not feeling too good about. You know, trying to go down the stretch. So. I so, took it from the offensive side of the ball. It's and, tough. And, and listen, I mean, the, I know there was a different GM than last year, but the Astros, you know, they made some bold moves. They made some win-now moves last year as well, the deadline. Obviously, we know Vasquez, but how about the other one, the Trey Mancini one? Like, I was looking, because we talked to Trey Mancini the other day, 
um, and go ahead. He went through sort of his uh, experience in the trade deadline, which I like doing, man. I like doing those. Like yeah, the, those are good. The, the uh, trade deadline con, con or whatever confessions. Um, because everybody has a story. Like Anthony Kay, oh, I was walking into a movie. I was walking in to see Toy Story with my future wife, and she started bawling, and we couldn't see the movie because I was just traded. I like that stuff. Um, but to go back to that, to go back to that trade, that Mancini trade, you forget Jose Siri was in the trade. That's what they gave. <laughs> no, it's big, big stuff. I mean, he's been he's been great. Oh, granted, I know. Granted, he's got the Tampa Bay Magic. Well, so okay. Here's here's the thing. Here's the other the the flip side of the Tampa Bay Magic, and we haven't really done a whole lot of Tampa Bay. Who says no? Maybe we should. But it's um, Maybe we need to do a Tampa Bay Otani trade. That's that's ooh. the interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is begging to be made. But the Tampa. So yes, the Tampa Bay Magic. But 2021, who did they trade for? Do you remember? Nelson Cruz, right? Right. And you know who was in that trade? Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan. Can you imagine if Joe Ryan was with the Reds? And I understand. I love that trade because it was it was everybody who said, oh, no, you can make a lineup work if you just have a lot of good and you don't have to have the middle of the order guy who is like basically everyone has to pitch around. Nelson Cruz was that guy. And Tampa Bay said, "Yes, we're gonna we're gonna get that guy, even though it doesn't fit our model." I loved it. I loved it. So anyway, it was a uh, fascinating trade at the time. I mean, you you talk about uh, if Joe Ryan were in Tampa, and I think everyone kind of is, like just thinks that Tampa Bay is this pitching factory. Which, granted, in a way they are. But look <laughs> who they're starting today. It's Zach Littell is is opening today because they've just had so many injuries in their rotation. Well, you put the, Joe Ryan on that team. I don't think Baltimore is in first place right now. But that's the problem. Is that is as good as they they usually are. Usually you're talking about October, but they break down too much. But um, yeah. I mean that's it was a that's a crazy trade. I want to do something on that trade in the coming days. So anyway, um, all right, that's a good one. I like that because that's going to get people in Houston talking. They're going to they be buzzing. So uh are right. gonna be upset, but but it's what it's if you want Dylan Cease, like if that's if that's your white whale, no, I know have to pull something together. You I gotta love, get creative. I, I, second Dylan Cease trades. I love it. Um all right, what do you got? Number two. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up.
sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. So number two, it's a little smaller, but I did a three-team trade here. So we're, we're expanding the horizons. Yeah. Here on the Baseballs and Boring Podcast. So we're we're involved we're involving the Red Sox, the Brewers, and the Pirates. Okay. Because the Pirates feel good story appears to have come to its bitter end. Granted, good things are on the way. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just not gonna be this year. And when you've got what how old is is Rich Hill forty two or is he forty three? Forty three. Oldest professional athlete in any sport. Oldest professional athlete, unless you think Tom Brady's coming back, which I don't. Yeah, once Tom Brady, Rich- once Tom Brady left, Rich Hill took that mantle. Yep. So forty-three-year-old Rich Hill, and he's going to make his fifteenth stint with the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> They're bringing him home. All right, it's a three-teamer. So, so from the Pirates to the Red Sox is Rich Hill. From the Red Sox to the Brewers is Adam Duvall, and from the Brewers to the Pirates, it's Ethan Small. All right, let's. We're going to go through this piece by piece here. Okay, give me a second here. All right. So, let's start with the Red Sox. We've watched their rotation recently. You know, Nick Pavetta's kind of stepped up as your fourth "quote unquote" starter. He's been coming into games in the in the third inning, and the other day in Oakland, he pitched six hitless innings with thirteen strikeouts. So, your fourth starter spot as of today, you feel okay about it. But the fifth spot, you don't feel that great about. Despite you know, Chris Murphy has has performed, but I don't think. A lot of people have a lot of confidence that he's going to continue that success. You know, as teams see him more, as there's more film, as there's more reports, like this is a guy who in the minor leagues did not perform this year. And, you know, he's kind of caught fire in the bigs, but not really something you can rely on. And he hasn't given you extended innings. So you've got Rich Hill adding to that, to that rotation. You know, he plugs in that fifth starter hole. And then as starters return, you can push guys to the pen. You know, Rich Hill has pitched out of the pen before. Cutter Crawford's pitched out of the pen before. You can put those guys in the bullpen. Nick Pavetta obviously is coming out of the bullpen right now, but his his role can be more of a traditional relief pitcher. So as Hauk, Whitlock, uh, Sale come back, you could push those guys. Even Hauk can be a reliever. It gives you a lot of flexibility to do a lot with your staff. It's a guy who's been there, a guy who knows the team. He was literally on the team last year. So, And you, you obviously lose Adam Duvall. He's a good player, but it allows you to keep Duran in the lineup every day against righties. And against lefties, it's time for Tristan Casas to be a full-time player. So it allows you to keep him, you know, kind of pick between him and Duran. But I, I would lean Casas, to be honest with you. Getting those guys, you know, games against lefties. Adam Duvall's a good player, but you're not really going to miss him if he goes just because you've got the bench bat that can hit the left-handed pitching in Rob Schneider. So it's really just, you're not really trading a major league piece. You're trading the opportunity cost of, of acquiring prospects because you're going after a pitcher here. Okay. But okay, we'll move to the Brewers. The Brewers need they need a right-handed bat, they need pop, they need anything to hit left-handed pitching. They have the fourth worst OPS in baseball against lefties. Adam Duvall's a one-year guy, yes, but Ethan Small, he's come he's been a prospect in the past. He you know, he's got that prodigy or what's the word? It's not prodigy. He's got the what? Come on, Rob, help me out here. It starts with P. <laughs> he's got the what? Uh, penicillin, uh, smallpox. Okay. Yeah. He's no, he's got the smallpox. He's got the pedigrees. The way you look at pedigree. 
Yeah, you're, you're welcome. He's got I was, the, he's got I was the bringing you along, yes. He's got the smallpox. So, you know, he can – I don't know how the Brewers value this guy. When he's been in the majors, he hasn't produced. But, you know, it's a guy who in, in AAA has pitched well out of the bullpen as a lefty. But, you know, it gets you a power bat. The Brewers really don't have much time left to try to go for this. You've got Corbin Burns up in a year and a half. You've got Brandon Woodruff up in a year and a half. Like these, like th- this window is closing pretty quickly. So if you can get a power bat from the right hand side and not give up anything super substantial, I think you go for it. And from the Pirates' point of view, I don't. You know, Rich Hill said on this show that he signed to not be traded. He didn't sign with the intention yeah, of being traded. The, the minute the minute he said that, they started losing every game. I mean, listen, that's I mean, how it works. Yeah, that is how it that's works. How it works. I mean, it's, it's the reality is set in. Um, all right. Well, uh, you got anything, uh, before I, I weigh in, you got anything more? Yeah, no, it's just, you know, Rich Hill's 43. You're getting a decent pitcher who you got full control on. You can maybe turn him into a solid lefty out of your bullpen. They've done it before. They got Holderman in one of these types of deals, and he's been good for them. You could get another guy like that, and that would be a success for Ben Charrington. So three-team trade gets each team more of what they need. Mm. It's just a needs trade, Rob. Yeah, as I like, well, that's what it's all about. It's a, for the t-shirts, it's a needs trade. Um, I, I'm going to remember that. I'm gonna, when I do my two-hour spectacular trade spectacular in Nesson, I will drop that line. You know what? The needs it, trade. And when I say it, it'll be obvious that I don't know anything about the guys who are just trading. What you have here, TC, is a needs trade. What this? <laughs> um, so my initial response would be basically like, would the, okay, would you give up Adam Duvall for Rich Hill? And like in a vacuum, I say, well, you know, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because you have a lot of pitchers, even though they are looking for the, that sort of guy. Adam Duvall obviously serves a purpose yet. I will say this, Adam Duvall, since he's come back, has not, he's had dribs and drabs of success, but nowhere near the guy that we remember from the first nine games. And that's, nobody's going to be like that. But still, I think that overall, you just need him to be better. You need him to be better. And if he isn't better, then you're right. Run out uh, Jaron Duran a little bit more, even ref Snyder, maybe play him. Because right now, as hitters, what what's the difference between Rob Resnider and Adam Duvall? Like Resnider is better. He's better. Bargain as long Bob as he's is, facing a lefty. Bargain Bob is better. Bar- if so- you if you platoon Bargain Bob and, and Jaron Duran, that's like that's all star caliber player right there. That's an all star caliber platoon. And yes, I'm I'm bringing back the all star. Can we send two guys in one spot to the all star game? Can you want to that happen? You want to you want to start? Uh, you want to start? like pissing on your territory when it comes to next year's all-star game in Texas, we can buy the plane tickets. They're probably refundable. You want to pick who, who you think is going to go to the all-star game next year? Uh, give me an off season. I want, I want to know what, what's on this team. Uh, all right, I, all right. I don't want to, I don't want to pick a guy and then he gets, and then he gets dealt, but I, Here, I'm leaning towards so doubling in, down on. Yeah, Jaren in case people here. don't know that I said that if Jaron Duran made the all-star game, um, all-star team, I would send you to Seattle. You were so close. So he was, he was like two weeks away. Yeah. He had a hot streak two weeks late. If he just a little bit earlier, been right there with you. See, you could have been on that scooter right alongside me for 11 miles in two hours. 
the 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 most any scooter company has ever charged anyone forty five dollars. So uh, multiplied it by two. Uh, I know. I mean, it's all it's all a government write off. So anyway, all right. So I, I don't mind this. I don't mind this. I think that you know the the tricky thing with the Red Sox is that okay, you know they're looking for pitching, right? Because I don't think they're sold that we can say sales coming back, house coming back, Whitlock's coming back. Shriver's coming back. All these guys are coming back. And oh, you don't need – well, you don't know what they're going to be, and you have to cover yourself. And, and also, we were re- recently reminded that you can't just assume that Bayo and Paxson are going to be these two guys who are going to deal every time, you know. And you, I think you pretty much know with Rich Hill at this point what you're going to get, right? It is. And you're yeah, right. He's, I mean, yeah, he's I been this that, guy. Yeah, and I think that I think that if you do get to that point where you said, "Okay, we're going to push you to the bullpen," he's the ultimate. You, he's the ultimate pocket guy. All right, you got the Rich Hill pocket. There you go. So yeah. So I don't. The way I, I see it, it's it's not necessarily like when I say it's a needs trade. It it doesn't exactly fit value wise, particularly if you're looking at Adam Duvall's season stats. You would think to yourself like. Why are they doing that? But the fact of the matter is like you've got an outfielder that's expendable. You have a need in the starting rotation. And it's tough because in between Rich Hill and that next tier up of starting pitchers, once you get to like the Michael Lorenzen tier, there's not really that much in there. Right. And then you want a guy, in my opinion, you want a guy who's who you're able to to bring out of the pen if needed. And Rich Hill's shown he can do well, that and is my, willing to do that. My guess, my guess is that Lorenzen will cost more than Hill. And, right. and, you know, sure the upside might be more, but I don't, you know, I don't know. You don't really know. I don't think that what you're going to get as much as you are with Hill, but um, yeah, it's, you're right with the starting pitching. It, it is. Everyone was like, Oh no, you know, what? Because I remember when I when I put out the thing about oh this is what the Red Sox are looking for sort of a back of the end starter and people were like oh forget about like the Rich Hill go get Lance Lynn well Lance Lynn's going to cost you more like and you're going to go over the tax yeah and and so yeah so it does that doesn't make any sense so it, the, okay. the the truth of the matter with this market is if you want like in the Red Sox situation right now. They're two and a half back of a playoff spot. There's a lot of people in that front office that probably think and are probably leaning towards playing it safe and want it or maybe wanting to sell. If you're trading for a guy like Lucas Giolito or you know Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, some of the better rental starting pitchers or obviously a starting pitcher with more control, you're giving up pieces of the farm. And it's going to be tough to sell some people out there in that front office that it's worth selling, you know, mortgaging part of the future well, to do that for a team that you don't necessarily know is going to be there to compete. And this, if you want to trade from your major league team, if you want to try to figure out a way to be creative and do that, the caliber of guy, you're not going to be able to get a Lucas Giolito. Well, that. you know what the wild card in the whole deal with the Red Sox trade deadline is, is Alex Verdugo. And and nobody wants, it's thou who shall not be named, right? Because he obviously is having a really good year. Obviously, a great guy to have on a winning team, but at the same time, you know he's up after next year. Your your value for him is never going to be higher right now. That's just a fact. And in if we want history to be our guide, 
Heim Bloom has done this, has been at least been part of these trades before, a year and a half out, and that was David Price. I think it was 2014. So, uh, and then we have also you know the Mookie Bet situation. I'm not comparing the two, but with a year and a half out in 2019, they had internally like really, really, really debated: should we put Mookie Bets on the market here? And they decided not to, and it fell apart. So there you go. Yeah, and they traded they traded Benintendi with two years two years of control left. You know, I. Yeah. I said this before the season in regards to Verdugo. I thought that you should give it till around the all-star break trade deadline and then figure out, are we going to extend this guy or, or are we going to trade this guy? Because the second that trade deadline passes, if he's still around, now he's got that rental label. If yeah. you trade him in the offseason, it's a one-year one year trade and it's a rental. And that crushes any return you're going to get. And we've talked about it before, but that's why the Nationals made the Juan Soto trade when they did it. They gave him their best offer that they that they were going to give. They offered him the bag. He turned it down and they said, okay, we're not going to be competitive in the well, next couple of years. Like we got to cash in now. Right. And I mean, we talked again. about that with Otani. This is, we had that Jeff Fletcher on and talking about, do you think the angel, the angels have to do this with Otani? They have to give their best offer. And he thinks that they, they have done some semblance of that. And he feels like they, they, they're probably have a pretty good idea whether or not he's going to be uh, willing to sign there. But, you know, with Verdugo, it's it's a tough one, man. Like it's it just is, and and you and you said you got to figure out whether or not you're gonna you want to you want to sign him, and unless things have changed, and maybe it's worth checking in on on this. But you know, according to Verdugo, they haven't been talking. So what does that tell you? Like if if you if you want to extend the guy, you probably want to talk to him ahead of time. Now, sometimes guys will say, oh, they weren't talking and they're talking. But still, I think it's a worthwhile exercise to check in on the guy to say, hey, listen, because you've got two weeks out. And if you haven't at least broached the conversation two weeks out, what does that tell you? It tells me that they're open to trade him, I think. so. I wouldn't doubt it, Rob. I, I Red Sox Twitter has been really defensive about it when people broach the subject because it kind of with Verdugo you got you've either got people saying you know extend the guy you know 75 million 80 90 million dollars and get it done and you've got others saying we got to trade him while while he's still got time on his contract if you're the Red Sox if if you want if you think he's a part of your long-term future and you haven't approached him about those conversations before this trade deadline then that's just kind of you're just not doing your your due diligence. You're not doing right. your job, right? And exactly. if you, if you don't want to extend them, then yeah, you have to be having those trade conversations. You have to know, yeah. What and, value be- you and believe me, I mean, they obviously tried a diff- few different times with Mookie. In Mookie's situation, they had tried, and I know that's a different level, but still, same idea. All right, excellent job. Brace yourself. Here comes here comes the fans. Here, here comes, comes the, the fans. Here comes. Let's the go. I love this time of year. <laughs> I know it's great, isn't it? All right, good job. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.